everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Back on a Friday, Jim Gazzolo on the takeover. Hannah is with me. Hannah, we're never leaving the studio, are we? No. All right, there you go. Hannah, are you going to get out of the rain today? I'm going to try to stay out the rain. All right. I think I'm doing an indoor workout today instead of an outdoor. Okay. Just a little concerned. You said you got caught in the rain. Yes. Soaking wet. My shoes are still wet. From yesterday. And socks. Both of them are still completely soaked. I find it cruel today that uh, you guys set up James Yasko for today, by the way. Um, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I don't think we set him up because we knew that the Adams were going to beat you that badly. 21 to 5. Yeah. 21. I think that is the worst uh, amount of runs the White Sox have ever given up. Maybe, the, maybe the, I think it tied a couple. Other times, twenty-one to five. Yeah, I so. watched every run score. All five of the White Sox too. <laughs> How exciting! We scored five. I was excited. We scored five runs. Four hits for Gavin Sheets. So what we're going to talk to James about today, obviously, is the Bears' twenty-seven to eleven win last night against the Seahawks. <laughs> now we'll we'll talk Houston Astros at seven o'clock with James Yasko. Obviously a huge win. Um, impressive to go into Atlanta with that, but 21 runs. Come on, you're in a pennant race. Show me something, White Sox. You won the first two games of the series, and then <laughs> that was bad. Uh, a lot of other things to talk about. We'll have Hunter Bauer at 730 on Go Press. We'll talk high school football. Hunter does a great job covering the entire state. And it, it Go Preps is an actually interesting site he came up with a couple years ago. He was able to get enough of a business going to where he quit his other job and take it on full time. So I want to hear about that too because that's uh, – I didn't know there was that much interest in high school football around the state that it would be able to support a website like that. But he does a great job with it. He knows a lot of things about high school sports. He knows more about high school sports than I think just about anybody in the state. So he's on at 7.30. 8.15, Nick Fontenot, who was in here yesterday after, uh, as part of the takeover. He'll talk gambling or, or I guess, what do, you, what do you want to call it? You don't like gambling, you call it what? It's called gaming. Gaming. See, my son does gaming, though. My daughter does gaming with her thumbs. She has a thumb injury because she has a gaming thumb, it's called now. I didn't know there was such a thing. It's now a medical condition. That's not good. (laughs) And Tina Howell from Canal Street Chronicles will talk Saints at 8.30. Saints, I don't know, it's not a big game against the Packers, but it's an interesting game because it's the second preseason game. Andy Dalton, probably quarterback more than anybody else. At least he'll get the first couple snaps. Ian Book will get some snaps. But Jameis Winston will probably not. So, where do you want to begin? Where do you want to begin? I, I hate to always begin on negatives, but I got to begin on a negative. Deshaun Watson, 
Yesterday it was determined, or it was agreed upon, by the NFL and the NFLPA that he will have an 11-game suspension. So we start with a six-game suspension. We go to the commissioner wants a full-season suspension of 17 games. And we end up with Deshaun Watson getting, what, 11 games? Interesting how it came about. Really interesting, I thought, with what the ownership of Cleveland said. They were yesterday. They were very humble in their comments. They made sure they didn't step on any lines. Made sure they didn't try to. They they tried to walk a very fine line between. We may not agree with everything, but we abide by the commissioner and the NFLPA's rulings. We agree with this. We're going to stay out of the way of it. He's done nothing but great things since he's been in the building for us. We love Deshaun Watson. He is the face of. our family now, but he still has a mug shot. <laughs> Black eye for the NFL, yes or no? I, I don't. I, that's. Let me know what you think on the hotline, 337-706-0111. I want to know what you think of Deshaun Watson, the Tlaib brothers in Texas, and the shooting of a youth football coach. Police are saying it was over the score of a youth football game. And Tlaib, the former defensive back of Seattle, his brother is being charged with the crime. Everybody says Kaleem Tlaib was the guy who, the witnesses are saying he started the ruckus and the fight. I mean, you've played in the NFL and you're fighting over a youth football score. Have we really come to that? So the NFL starts off a new season with Deshaun Watson, Tlaib, just looking good, looking good, NFL, to start the year. Do, do you care about the black eyes, Hannah? Not really. There you go. <laughs> there it is. And there it is. The The public has spoken. I. The optics are bad, and I know I'm an old, old time, commodity guy, and somebody will say, get off my lawn. But you got to have a – I mean, you brought Deshaun Watson in because you wanted a grown-up in the room. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't like Baker Mayfield, right? Yet Baker Mayfield led you to a playoff game, a playoff win, played hurt, and by all accounts was a little bit of an aloof and a, and, and did some weird things in Cleveland. But he was a good guy in the locker room by all accounts. You bring in a guy who hasn't had much playoff success and has all these accusations against him, and you know he's going to be suspended. So you basically have him for six games this year. So who's Cleveland's starting quarterback? It's a really good question. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being. I mean, did they know that going in, and that's why they because they essentially could have had Baker Mayfield for half the year for eleven games. They could have kept him. Now maybe it wouldn't have worked out. Maybe salary cap problems in that, but you knew what you had at least. You don't know what you got now. Right. And you think you're a playoff team. I mean, what do you want to go? Six and five and hope to go five and one down the stretch? I mean, I don't think Deshaun Watson is good enough to take you to five and one. So, <sighs> but then again, I, I can't get over it. Are we really shooting people over a youth football score? 
Yeah, Have we really crazy. come to that? I mean, I know we yell at umpires. I know we beat up umpires at times in youth games. But, folks, we're shooting people now to death. It's a youth football game. I don't know. Maybe somebody's got some money on it. I didn't, I don't know. So the NFL is off to a rousing start. Saints play the Packers this weekend. Any interest? What do you want to see from this game? I mean, as, as a let me hear Saints fans, what do you want to see out of this game? Are you going to watch this game? What do you want to see out of it? By the way, the Bears won 27 to 11 last night over the Seattle Seahawks. I got to see what I wanted to see, which was basically them score more runs than the Houston Astros. That's what I was afraid of. <laughs> We wouldn't outscore the Astros. But it was nice to see the Astros outscore. The White Sox give up more point runs than the Bears gave up points. That's not a good sign. But I I, I think the Saints, to me, I want to see how their defense reacts and plays together. And I want to see how Andy Dalton plays in case he's needed during the season. But I want to really see some of the other wide receivers besides Michael Thomas and how they play because how they play this year, especially in line with tight ends, I think will determine a lot of what this offense can do. You know what Kamara's going to do? Is the offensive line good enough to move the football is going to be a question. But I think also the wide receivers outside of Michael Thomas are a question mark to some degree. I think Jarvis Landry has a track record that's pretty good. How does he fit in into the offense? Uh, but the the other guy's a rookie, and we'll, we'll see how he fits into the offense. But are they going to get something out of the tight end besides what we're going to get from uh, – oh, I forgot his name. Who's the quarterback that plays tight end? Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. I keep forgetting <laughs> about Taysom Well, he's been hurt. I keep forgetting about Taysom Hill as a because I don't really consider him a tight end. That's the problem. I don't have a position for him. He's kind of the H back, I guess, for them. Kind of an alpha, kind of an, I don't know, they call him the Swiss Army knife of, of the Saints. But because he doesn't play tight end, I don't really consider him a tight end, but I guess you have to consider him in that realm now. How do the tight ends play in the offense? Because this is, you know, Sean Payton, we'll say Dennis Allen will handle the defense. He's always been a defensive guy. He'll be fine. I don't worry about the defense. How does this offense react without Sean Payton? Because Sean Payton could devise a scheme that made Tyson Hill win football games at quarterback. He could do a scheme that could keep them in games despite who else was playing quarterback after Drew Brees left. How can they do that now if Jameis doesn't play well? Not if Jameis doesn't play, if he doesn't play well. Is there somebody there that can scheme a game plan that can keep them into games? Because their defense is going to be good enough. Their defense is good enough to win that division. In fact, I think they should win that division. If they if they get any kind of play out of the offense, especially a quarterback, smart play, I think they win that division. Because I don't I don't think that much of Tampa, I don't think Tampa Bay did enough to improve itself. I think the Saints have done more to improve themselves than Tampa Bay. Plus, they seem to know how to beat Tom Brady in the regular season. Can they beat him in the playoffs? I don't know. But I think the Saints can win that division with competent quarterback play, competent receiver play, and good offensive line play. Not great offensive line play, but good offensive line play. 
Don't hold and put yourself in third and 17s. Get positive yards, play after play after play, grind out some plays, get enough big plays to score enough points, and keep the defense off the field, and the Saints will be fine. Is that what you want to hear about the Saints? Are you all right over there? (laughs) I had a sneezing fit. (laughs) I heard heard that. That's why I kept talking. (laughs) Thank you. Trying to get you through the moment. Just trying to get you through the morning, Hannah. It's Friday. (laughs) We're trying to get you through the morning. It's a struggle. I'm trying to still open my eyes now. Uh, (laughs) Let's try to get you through the morning, Hannah. I don't know what I really expect in thoughts of, you know, the defense or the offense. I think no matter what, I hope to get some looks at some of the other potential starters. Not for, I used to yesterday, a bunch of snaps, but maybe like one or two here and there for the game. But... I think you're right. I'm looking more at the defense than the offense just because we know we usually have been led by our defense. And so to know that that's who we usually are led by to see some good things happening from them, I think would be good for like the peaceful yeah. mind of We're going to be all right. Right, because then you can go, you can see what the offense is going to look like. Yeah. And if they're a little rocky, at least you know, hey, my defense is good. And you also know your quarterback's not there. It'll be better. Right. There's – if if the defense gets lit up and it gives up big plays, that would be the concern. I that would, but again, it's I, I, I just don't get into pre. I mean, I like the Bears are two and zero, and I want to say, man, that's great. Oh, we're gone. I don't know. I watched them last night. There were things I liked. The offensive line looked good, so I always watch offensive line because our offensive line has been horrible. Um, the quarterbacks looked good. Uh, the guy that we got from the Saints, uh, Trevor Simeon, he's looked good as a backup. I liked him as a backup at the Saints. You throw him into five games in a row, no, he's not going to win you five games in a row. But can he win you a quarter or a half if you have to have it? Yeah. Um, but it's hard to judge because I don't think much of Seattle. How good is Green Bay really going to be? I don't know. Um, how much is Aaron Rodgers going to play? So... I want to see the defense being in the right place, I guess. That's kind of it. Do they know what their assignments are? Has Dennis Allen kept his thumb on the defense because he was a defensive guy? That That's that's what I want to see. Right. I don't think anyone should watch the preseason and think, oh, we were 3-0 in the preseason. We're no. going to win this, this year. No. In fact, I, I think, think the opposite usually. Really? <laughs> yes. Because you, you end up. The good teams don't play their players as much because they're deciding on they're, – they're playing the backups more because they're deciding on four or five positions. So they got to see them. Whereas the good – the bad teams often play their starters more because they're trying to get some continuity from them. And they're trying to see if they're any good. So I, I, I oftentimes think it's flipped in the, in the preseason. Hmm. But it, it does depend on – who what what you who you're playing and how long you're playing? I think though the only thing I can really think people can take away from preseason and its in its entirety is mainly we know these are not going to be our starters playing. If any of our starters really do play, they'll play maybe the last game of the preseason to go and just see a glimpse of them. But they aren't going to play a lot. But I think you can look at it in the fact that hey, these aren't our starters. If we can still win games against the other teams that don't have their starters out, if we get injured, we're still good off. 
Yeah, no, hey, look, it's great to win the game. Don't get me wrong. It, it, yeah. it builds and it, it helps. It, yeah. And it makes practice easier on Monday. But it just, I think the, I, this is interesting because this is the second year of 17-game seasons and only three preseason games. And because you had, you're right, in the past it used to be week three of preseason was the one because then nobody played week four because you played week five was game one of the regular season. This year there's a week off. So, yeah, next week will probably be the one where, where guys are extended because they have the two weeks before the regular season starts. So I don't know what you're going to see this week. And I think you'll play – the Saints will play Winston more at home against the Chargers to try to get him ready because he hasn't played much. He may play a little more in that preseason because he hasn't played much. And he's coming off an injury. So that I, – I would look at Thursday night against the Chargers as a bigger deal. Yeah. So – all right, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. RP3 grew up dreaming of one day playing right field for the Atlanta Braves, just like his hero, Dale Murphy. I wanted to grow up and be Dale Murphy. Little Raymond, though, wasn't quite the caliber of athlete of his childhood hero as his lone highlights as a ball player were being beamed. Twice in the head. That actually explains a lot. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest, Southwest Louisiana's, Louisiana's Sports Station. Station. Football season is here, and the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to crown you tailgating king. With the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. You can score $500 of Chops Meat Specialty, Specialty Meats, a new grill with accessories, a cooler, a set of chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, tickets to LSU and Raging Cajun football games, and much more. Enter the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 104thegame.com. It's the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and The Game. And it's a good way to kick off college football, which is here. And I want to get into a little bit of uh, tonight at McNeese. Well, we got a minute. Um, They will go under the lights, weather permitting, to scrimmage. They are excited about that fact. It is the first time they will be under the new lights. It is also the first time we'll be back under the lights since 2019. And I don't really put much into scrimmages, but I want to see how the crowd and the town reacts to night games. And I I think there will be people actually at the game. And I know that, Hannah, you were invited by McNeese, actually. Was I? Through me. They said Hannah should stop by. We haven't seen her since... The tailgate or uh, the caravan, the cowboy caravan in Lafayette. So you must have made quite an impression. Apparently, I must have. Maybe I was taking pictures of people. Uh, apparently, I must have. What, what did you? Are you going to stop by? No. Not tonight, no. Not tonight. But I will. I was told that that's part of my beat is to do the McNeese and LSU. So the plan is to one day come to the Chuck. Really? And watch a game. Yeah. That's part of your beat? Mm-hmm. Wow. The Chuck would love to have you. Thank you. <laughs> and who knows? We may have Whataburger by then. 
Right. We're going to go to Daryl's, though. though. You got to go to Daryl's We're going first. to Daryl's before the game. Yes. Got to go to Daryl's. Much more, much more impressive. I, talking to Gary Goff yesterday, whose who's practice got rained out, um, which is another subject. If McNeese really wants to go to the next level, they have to consider how they're going to pay for an indoor practice facility. But that's another one of my pet peeves over there. Uh, you got, hey, if you want to play, you can't go to the rec center. It's not big enough. Yeah. Anyways. But uh, he's going to play about 100 pr- plays, 50 with the first team, 50 with the second team. He's going to divide the quarterbacks up, not first team, second team, but rather the two quarterbacks will take equal snaps, he hopes, with the first team and equal reps with the second team to try to give it a fair shot. It's going to be interesting because he has always told me from day one he does not want to use two quarterbacks. Yes. And he has backed off that quite a bit into saying, I assume I'm going to play two quarterbacks when the season starts for the first game or two. And that, to me, indicates he's either got two pretty good quarterbacks or neither one's taking the reins. Uh, When I see them play, I've seen them both. I think Knox Kadem has a little bit more advantage of knowing the playbook because he was here in the spring. But Cam Ransom has a cannon of an arm and has the better big play arm. But I think what it will come down to is, as always with coaches, who takes care of the football, who gets the ball to the right people at the right time, who can make the offense go from play to play, um, those things. Do you have our poll question? I do have our poll question. All right, we're excited about the poll question. So our poll question is, who will get more snaps tonight for the Saints against the Packers and win or lose? So we have Andy Dalton or Ian Book as our wanting to get the snaps, and will they lose or win? Right now, leading it at 50% is Ian Book for us to lose, 30% for Andy Dalton to get more snaps and then win, and then 10% apiece for Andy Dalton to lose and for Ian Book but to win. Interesting. I'm not sure if I'm – Hmm. That's interesting. I think Ian Book will get more snaps. I, I think, I think that? that's. I think because they'll they'll go into first team, second team reps, and I think they want to give Ian Book more because Andy Dalton's a known commodity. So I think they'll give Ian Book uh, more snaps. Win or lose, I think Saints might win. I think they might too. I I just I don't. I don't. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to play that much. I don't think he's happy with the receivers when he his plays. If you listen to him, so I, I think the de- I think the defense will lead the way, and I think the Saints' second team. I think I think they're better than the Packers' second team, so I think they win. But, and I think Ian Book does get more snaps because I think they want to see more of him, and they need to see more of him. Yeah. This is this is his opportunity. We know what Andy Dalton is. I think it's his opportunity to get some snaps and kind of progress in his career if they're going to keep him around for the third quarterback. Which apparently they're going to keep him around for the third quarterback because they brought him back. So that that would indicate to me that there was enough to like that, okay, we'll keep him around. Let's get him as many reps as we can in the preseason, and then he'll be the scout team. That's generally how things work out. And unless they really want to see what Andy Dalton can do and learn the offense – there's no reason for him if I don't know how many years he's been in the pros, but there's no reason for him to have to play a 
any more than two series. Yeah. So Brad Newell says on Facebook, he says, book, because practice makes, well, he just needs them. <laughs> and then John Paul Cajun. He just needs them. <laughs> Instead of practice makes perfect. I got uh, yeah. And so John Paul Cajun Daddy says they're going to show off book. He will be th- the three or emergency QB. Hope is a trade book for a late pick. Yeah, that might be. That might be right. Yeah. What was his name? Who? What was the second guy there? John Paul Cajun Daddy. John Paul Cajun Daddy. I like that. Yeah, I think those, I think those both make sense. I, I, he needs the work, and I don't know about a trade, but he's going to be the third quarterback. I don't know how much trade value Ian Book would have. Uh, slim to none. <laughs> slim to Wow. Poor guy. Is that too mean? No. The game, Lafayette, 104, 103.7, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, near home for LSU's Tigers and Houston Astros. Jim Gazzola, I'm back in for RP3 and company today. Hannah's with me. Hannah, five names. Uh, I'm going to talk a little Sunbelt Conference football. All right. Little give you give your ULL some love. Um, although you guys call it UL, I, I that was my Lake Charles coming out in me. Please, please forgive me here. Yes, I Lafayette. T- making sure you say you say it Lafayette, is, and not the L, is, makes yes. a whole difference. University of Lafayette, yes. Louisiana Lafayette, yes. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Sun Belt Conference, mm-hmm. a new conference kind of with three new teams, all in the East, which I think is a little. Interesting that they when they paired them up, they kept them regional to make kind of the East a little different to me. But you got Old Dominion, James Madison, and Marshall. A couple of them up from FCS, which is interesting. James Madison was very good in FCS, especially a national contender year in and year out. They move up. But Marshall coming in is an interesting team to me because – one, they played the Cajuns in the New Orleans Bowl last year. But Marshall's had a really good program over the years. Very high profile. Obviously, there was a movie about them after the tragedy of the plane crash. But it gives the Sun Belt East, which I think didn't quite have as much cachet, uh, that's a pretty good division all of a sudden with Marshall, Coastal Carolina, Appalachian State. I think it balances it out. But where do your Cajuns fit into this this year? Do they have to go back and win another uh, Sun Belt title to have a winning season? Have they set that kind of a standard? Who is actually the uh, who's the front runner in the Sun Belt? Do you have one, Hannah? Is there anybody you like besides the Cajuns? Because this is this is where it gets and, and we it comes the same week we hear about Monroe having more financial problems. Um, athletically and I always wonder what is their future in the Sun Belt because I know that the, the, the Southland has come to them a couple of times over the last couple of years and asked do you want to come back to the Southland do you feel that maybe you don't want to be in the FCS and they've always said no we need the money that the Sun Belt gets us but then they always turn around and say they have, they have too much travel expenses to pay for that yeah, they're always I- broke so what is what is their future 
And how does that pertain to McNeese, which wouldn't mind, would love to step in, or somebody like UL that uses them as a travel partner? I mean, I think you have to look at, honestly, UL has not done very well the past couple of years no. like in Sunbelt. Do I, I think for McNeese to come <laughs> into the Sunbelt, I think that would be having to have a really good winning season and for a consistent maybe two, three years. It'd be a little. It'd be a little but, tough to go in right now. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't see a great future for ULM in the Sun Belt. I mean, most people use them as like a scapegoat to make sure they get some wins in the homecoming in the game. game. Yeah, the whole the old homecoming game. It just they seem to be the only. I don't want to say they're the only one struggling, but they seem to be the one talked about the most as the struggle. Because yeah. otherwise, the league itself looks very promising and very, it's on the rise. Oh, yeah. It does completely. I Yeah, I don't see a bright future for ULM <laughs> No, I mean that, in that, terms of staying in the Sun Belt. That's kind of the question is, has the Sun Belt kind of outgrown them? I know they love hanging them up there because it balances the state. It gives somebody against Louisiana Tech uh, to kind of rival with for the conference, but realistically, they don't look – everybody else looks the part in the Sun Belt for the most part. They yeah. look like up-and-coming teams, up-and-coming programs, people investing. Monroe doesn't. It just doesn't seem to Mm-mm. fit the – it doesn't fit the narrative that the rest of the league has. Right, and I think it's going to take this season to really see if they even still fit with bringing in our new teams because I can tell you tell you this, I I have not watched too many old Dominion games or James Madison's good. Marshall's good. Yeah. James Madison was a very was one of the top five FCS programs. Uh Marshall Marshall was one of the first kind of FCSs to jump up and make some waves back in the day when they had the the uh well, they had. I mean, when you have a Randy Moss, Chad Pennington, um, Byron Leftwich, when you have those types of talent, you're going to have a program that, that that gets national attention. So they they're going to fit in fine. James Madison's going to fit in fine. Old Dominion's yeah, been, that's, been that's getting my... better. They've been getting better, um, but they also have, they also optically look good because they have the facilities. My whole thing about Monroe has been. They never, they've never really succeeded in anything there. They don't really have a staple program that says, this is what we are, this is what we can build on. And they, try, they threw a lot of money at Rich Rodriguez uh, and the football program for a year. And you, you, get, you get Rich Rodriguez, you get a Bowden, you get some name cachet, but you can't really build on that if you don't win. They didn't win enough to where they built on it. Both those guys left after a year, as expected. And now you're almost like, okay, we kind of threw our money at it and it didn't work. Where do we go from here as a football program? What, what, where do we fit in now? Because we tried to play with them, the big guys, and we didn't do it. We couldn't do it. Where are we now? I, it's just it seems like they're almost lost in they took one step forward and now they're four steps back. Yeah. 
Uh, I... The Cajuns, yes. I think they'll still have a great season because, as we said, what was it now, a week, two weeks ago now, that they do have someone that came up within to be their new mm-hmm. head coach and after having a historic couple of seasons. So I think, yes, the Cajuns most likely will be the front runner of the conference. Am I sure about anybody else? I think it's going to take maybe like week one to kind of see where everybody falls and see how they all do the first week because it's going to be the prep of, okay, there is some bondage here between these guys on the offense and these guys on the defense of this team, but can they all work together to pull out more wins for those? I'm not sure, but I don't think the Cadence can get up to what they got last year, but I think they can make it up somewhat so that's an expectation. I don't think they're going to have like a losing season this season, though. No, well, our, our own Kevin Foote makes the great point of they had so many games come down to the last drive, and they won them all but one the last couple of years. Does that even out for them? In other words, does, does the law of averages, they lose a couple of those games? But even then, you could still have a good season. The, the question is, who in the, who in the West comes up and tries to challenge them? Is it Arkansas State? No. Okay. Then who is it? Is it – I mean, I don't – there seems to be more top-level talent in the East than in the West. And I, I, don't know if the, I don't know if the Cajuns will be challenged as much. But then that might be a good thing. They might get to the title game. And if they can get to the – they've built a program that they have expectations now. Yeah. And the expectations are we're going to play for championships. We're going to get to bowl games. We're going to play some good big school. You know, we're going to play some good big schools, and we're going to be able to compete with them. They played. It was Texas last year, right? They opened with, yeah. And and now you've got to start playing a little better against those guys to raise those expectations further down the road. And that was their only loss. Yeah. So. Um, I was there too. It was a sad one. You were there. Yeah. Did you like Austin? No. Not very much. Really. No. Oh. Matthew McConaughey would be upset with you. Yeah, he'd be right. <laughs> all right. All right, all right, all right. That's why I did it. So I, I want to see how they – that's a that's a league that I think is coming up, is getting better. Um, I want to see if the Cajuns can take the next step with the new coach w- within that league, where the league goes in the East with the Appalachian States and that. And also, what happens with Monroe? Does Monroe get left behind? Somebody yeah. always gets left behind. I think, like I said, I think if we take this season to kind of see where everyone falls, because I know some teams have not, they don't look as good as they did last year. And so it makes me a little nervous on who really is a front runner to go against the Cajuns. Especially in the, in the past, especially it's been in Coastal and App. <clears throat> in the East, I think it will be, it'll be Appalachian State, it'll be Coastal Carolina, and I think Marshall will, will be okay. I want to know who's going to be in the West. Hmm. That's I mean, all. Texas State had some, you know, flashes, and so South Alabama. But I think of the yeah of their side, it's going to be South Alabama, Texas State. We have always beaten Arkansas State, at least in the last. Who four is years. your ri- who is your rival? Who is the Cajuns' rival in the league? Who is the Cajuns' rival? Don't give me Monroe because you beat Monroe. <laughs> I know everybody wants to say, well, Monroe, Louisiana, it's, you know, it's uh, no. Mm. It was Coastal Carolina a couple years ago. I yeah. get that. But that's, 
that, I think that was more of one year. It's always always been in my head. Like to me, it was always App State and Coastal Carolina were like our two biggest rivals when it came to okay the entire conference. But the reason I say we, Arkansas State is not one is because that's my uh, grandmother's alum, and we ha- I've beat her every year. But I, we had to put a line on it because I beat her so much. Yes, I know. <clears> that's <throat> why I said that actually. I just wanted to get you going. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing her next weekend. I'm already going to ask her if we're putting a line on the game this year because yeah. I beat her so many times. <laughs> I mean, if there was a while when I thought Troy was going to be one of those programs and they just, no. they, they've kind of trailed off, flatlined. The game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. This one's going to be a little tough for me to read, so bear with me, folks. The game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with their latest Astros weekend getaway. The Red Hot Hot Houston Astros take on the Baltimore Orioles on Saturday, August 27th, and you can be there. Register the game clubhouse and score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaway. Powered by Butcher AC, La Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And you could probably bat third yesterday and get three hits against the White Sox. <laughs> too too soon? That was too soon for me. Astros win 21 21-5 to five yesterday. Even up the series with the White Sox 2-2. Two and two, Move on to play the Atlanta Braves. In a three-game weekend series, James Yaska will be with us at 7 o'clock to talk all things Astros. Astro fans, I got to ask you, are you looking forward to the World Series kind of revival? A chance to get back at the Braves? Does that matter because they beat you in the play? Is this a series you care about? I think for the Astro fans, they probably do care about this series. Would they rather win this series or beat the Yankees? Mm. Mm. I hate the toss-up. I think they it depends like the on the fan. They don't like the Yankees. But as as the guys said in their promo, in which Foot is also going to say today, so it will be a glorious, but not so be a a glorious instead of a glorious. It must be a glorious day, because though yes, they did beat your socks really, really, really bad. Um, really. Put <laughs> another really in there, Anna. Why don't you just, just you know, dr- nail d- on the dab the knife a little deeper. <laughs> but as yeah, that was said, bad. Yeah, pay the piper. So with that many runs scored, it's a likely chance in the way of Foot's theories that we will they will not win tonight against I don't, the Braves. I don't know. I, I played baseball a long time, and I never bought into that. Mm-hmm. I never. It it's such an individual day to day game that when I played, I never found that to be the case. What mattered more was who's pitching. <laughs> the pitcher decides the outcome of the game more than anybody else. Yeah. If it's a good pitcher, it's going to be a hard time to to score runs, and then things kind of snowball. Like yesterday, Lucas Giolito was terrible. Much this year, Lucas Giolito has been terrible. So, 
it just snowballed into now you got to go to your bullpen early. You got to. To me, that's the bigger deal. Is first game of any series, can you get into somebody's bullpen so that wrecks them for the series? And that's what you try to do in the first game. I don't really get into uh, we scored this many runs, we scored that many runs. It's the number of pitchers you can make them use. And for the most part, the Astros didn't use a lot of pitchers against the White Sox. Their pitching should be pretty well set up. I just, I don't know. I, I think they'll be fine in Atlanta. I think it has no bearing on the season, but I think when you lose this, the World Series, it matters more to your fans. Yeah. It doesn't. The Brave fans are going to say, hey, come on back. We enjoyed having you here last time. Mm-hmm. And they're worried about their own playoffs. The Astros, a little bit different. Uh, their situation is they'd like to kind of wipe that scar out. In other words, I don't think the Astros made a big deal out of scoring 25, 21 runs yesterday because the White Sox swept them in 05 or, you know. That's my way of thinking, anyways. The game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything, everything. Everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Uh, Jim Gazzola back on the takeover for our number two. Right now we're going to go to James Yasko from Lima Time Time podcast and talk oh it's bad for me today bad for me today talk houston astros james how you doing very well how are you doing ah not so good (laughs) i'm a white Sox fan yeah that's that's unfortunate that's really unlucky yes Uh, yeah yesterday was a was a bludgeoning yes yes it was the bludgeoning that's a polite way of putting it all right let's uh dig into i guess i didn't miss michael brantley much yesterday did they (laughs) <laughs> it's really it's really strange to to lose a bat like Michael Brantley and everyone just sort of thinks that sucks but it it doesn't it doesn't kill the lineup obviously you'd like to have a guy like <clears throat> Brantley back uh and have him healthy but but they haven't really skipped a beat uh since he since he went out at the end of June no um I I guess the biggest thing was you got great play from the young center fielder he had a big day. Bregman had a huge day, obviously. Um, these games get out of hand. But really, bouncing back from losing the first two games when the bullpen kind of gave the games away late, and to win the last two games, especially the way you did, that, that's got to make kind of calm some nerves about the bullpen, right? A, a little bit. And even with the bullpen, you know, it was, it was Montero, who, in all honesty, shouldn't probably shouldn't have been pitching uh in in that one you know having pitched the day before and Urquidy was cruising and then you know Neris just sort of got got and and it you know it's it's not anyone's favorite thing to have a bullpen sort of meltdown that 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 costs you a chance of winning a, a road series but but you know it's it's just something that happens over the course of 162 games yeah, I don't. I don't think it was a big of a deal. I, I mean, maybe he should have brought in a lefty to face Sheets, but that's really about it. 
uh, the right. one day dusty, but otherwise it's not. Uh, but I want to get into this series now because I think the I think the Astro fans would rather beat the Yankees than anybody else. But what would it mean to play well in this series and beat the Braves after last year's World Series? It yeah, you know, it, <clears throat> before 2019. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't, I don't know that any Astros fan was terribly concerned about the NL East uh, and then losing a world series to the nationals. And then two years later, losing a world series to the Braves. Like I'm, I've, I've got PTSD whenever I, whenever I hear the, the phrase NL East. Um, and so it would, it would mean, you know, it, it would mean a lot, but, but I still think that I don't know that, I mean, it's not a revenge series. Cause it's just, it's just sort of a three game yeah. set in August. It's not the, you can't look at it as a as a revenge series. It, it would, you know, the the Braves are a good team. It'd be nice to beat them because you you know you want to do well against against good teams. But but if, if anyone's looking for retribution for the 2021 World Series, uh, I don't I don't know that you're looking in the right place. No, but it would be a uh, kind of a nice uh, road road I guess road uh, trip to go to Chicago, which is over 500, win two two games. Then win two game, win the series in Atlanta, and have a winning road trip. Yeah, no, for sure, no, yeah. In the, in the overall big picture, you know, you 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 want to win as many games as as you possibly can. And and the White Sox are a, are a decent team, and the Braves are a, a decent team. And and you know, to to have seven games like that on the road and and come out with a winning record would be would be ideal. It seems that Alex Bregman has really picked up his game the second half of the year, um, almost like the way. Okay, we're not going to have Michael Brantley. I'm going to have to do it. He's he's one of the guys that's really stepped up, right? Yeah, he is. And you know, he, he, I wrote a thing that was in the Chronicle yesterday that was you know since he became a dad, he's he's tapped into that mythical dad power. Uh, in August, he's hitting like 375 with you know a, a bunch of extra base hits, and uh, Bre- having Bregman sort of step up. You know, I mean, it, it wasn't long ago that the dude was hitting like 215. Yeah. And, and to, to have him sort of rebound the way that he has is uh, has really picked the lineup up. All right. Now go into the, the game that everybody was talking about for the Cy Young, Verlander versus Cease. Neither one gets a decision. Both threw pretty well, not great. Um, but realistically, it's, it's Verlander's to lose, isn't it? I would think so, just because of the – Sort of the narrative of you know this is his first his really his first time pitching since well he made one start in 2020 so really since 2019 you know to to have missed two years to be at his age coming back from Tommy John uh, you know sort of the the story around the season that he's having I think uh, would would sort of tip the scales in his favor the seems like the Yankees have taken a big step backward in the last couple of weeks. You don't want to count them out or anything, but it's really the the Astros are playing for home field advantage throughout the playoffs, correct? Yeah, I mean that's what you want. You want you want to have forty thousand of 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 your fans rather than forty thousand of of the other teams, you know, as, as as much as you can. So yeah, to to sort of lock up home field advantage is 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 the is the goal of the regular season. Yeah, I mean, people want to talk about divisional races and all that, but they're still these games are still important because of that for the Astros. They need to really kind of pile up as many wins as they can in case the Yankees make a bounce back. Yeah, you know, the Astros have a three and a half game lead on the Yankees uh, for the the overall best mm-hmm. record in the AL. So, you know, I, but you know, you're 
you're a baseball guy, you know, a, a three and a half game lead can vanish in a week, uh, yeah. you know, given the, given the right or wrong circumstances. Yeah, it can, it can quickly. Uh, the pitching staff though, the starting pitching for the most part has been very good this year. Do they have a, what's it going to mean when they get McCaskill back? What's it going to mean for this team? And, and where do you think they'll use him? Uh, I think, you know, he's, he's made, he made one start. I, I mean, he might start tonight um, and, and looked okay. You know, I think they're going to use the next six weeks to sort of ease him back in, uh, you know, maybe give him a, a couple of, you know, a, a rest day and, and not necessarily skip a turn in the rotation, but, but sort of set it up to where he's not just coming back and you're going hundred miles an hour. That's one of the benefits of having an 11 and a half game lead in the division is that it's it's pretty much wrapped up, especially the way that the offense is is performing. Um, and so I think they're going to kind of ease him back in and, and hope that he's that he's feeling good and, and ready to go, you know, come October. Um, but, you know, he, he would be a, a pretty significant weapon, uh, you know, if he's not completely 100 percent, you know, as as one of those, you know, if you're if your starter struggling in the in the third or fourth, you you put McCullers in for three or four innings and, and let him go to work. So. You know, there's there's a lot of flexibility that, that comes with pitching in October, you know, given the the rest days and the travel days. Yeah, I don't know why you called him. Mc... <laughs> I, I knew Casco. <laughs> I went with the wrong father son team. Uh, <laughs> uh, th- this is the interesting thing always to me is when you start looking at playoff series and that how many starting pitchers do you actually bring to the table as starters, and what do you think their number will be as they go into the postseason? Do you think they'll go with three starters plus a bullpen guy, a swing guy, or do you, do you think they'll go with a four-man rotation? You know, I think if you've got three, <clears throat> you know, three solid uh, starters, you know, you're you're in pretty good shape. Yeah. Again, given the the extra day, you know, between you know, you play two, have a day off. Um, so if you've got three, you know, you're, you you can get by with three solid starters. The Astros essentially have six. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, it just sort of depends on, on the situation uh, and, and, you know, kind of the way that Dusty and the pitching coach feel, uh, you know, going in. So they're, they're not short on arms uh, come October. No, and in fact, they're going to have, as far as I look at everybody else in, in baseball, they're going to have as many options as anybody else as do how they want to play out a series. How do they want, you know, do they want to piggyback games? How much do they want to use their bullpen? Because their starters have shown the capability of going deep as well. Yeah, they, they, they certainly have. And, you know, I, I think it's, and I'm, a, I'm a, obviously a little bit biased, but, you know, in the American League, there's there's not a rotation that's deeper uh, no. than, than Houston's. And, you know, the, the Yankees made a couple of, of moves at the trade deadline, and Frankie Montas from the from the A's, you know, he's he's sort of been lit up a little bit since yeah. coming since coming to to New York. So, you know, I, I think the Astros have to feel pretty good about how how things have shaken out so far. No, I think the Yankees tinkered too much. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gotten rid of Montgomery, Jordan Montgomery. I think a, a lefty a lefty in Yankee yeah. Stadium is more valuable to me than Frankie Montas. I I think you're 100 correct, and I think that that's that's part of part of what the Astros have done. You know, they've 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 sort of been the Yankee killers uh, in October for the since 2015, and that's sort of gotten in gotten in their heads. Oh yeah, to to where you know you're 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 going and specifically trading for guys that have had some success in the past against against Houston. Yeah, and it it just felt like 
you know that that's that's a little that's a little too much right there. No, I I think without question the Yankees overreacted to Trey Mancini going to the Astros. <laughs> I, I, I really I, whether whether you like the move or not, I think they overreacted to it. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, and and I think you know Ka- Brian Cashman cannot shut up about Houston, and you know no. at this point it's it's sort of a rent free situation. No, you know, they're in his head. To the Yankees front office. No, they are definitely in their head. That that is. That is who they're playing against, and they better watch out because they are not playing good baseball right now. I, I didn't. I thought the Astros did the right amount of tinkering with their lineup. Obviously, maybe they would have known if Brantley wasn't coming back, they could have done something else. But I thought they did a pretty good job of not overreacting to some of the things the Yankees were doing. I think the Yankees definitely overreacted. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, I, I think. With Brantley, I, I think if if they could have done it again, maybe, you know, you don't you don't wait a month or, or five weeks to 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 get the surgery on the shoulder. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe he could have been back by by October. Maybe not, but but yeah, no, there there wasn't. And and I think that's been sort of a hallmark of of the Astros front office, whether that's Jeff Luno in charge or James Click, that that they don't overreact. You know, that that they have a system. <coughs> Excuse me. And and they're gonna to stick to the system. No, that that is I'm not I'm not I'm a White Sox fan, so I can't say I'm not, I'm not an Astros fan, but I I would say as I watch from a distance, I like the moves Seattle made. I like the moves the Padres made, just every move possible, so it's hard to say. But I really <laughs> like what the Astros did because they had the best team I thought going in. They added a couple of pieces and they watched others kind of say we need to do more. And all of a sudden the Yankees have the best record in baseball and they're just throwing everybody out the door. <laughs> yeah. And you know, what is they're they're nine and 22 or eight and yeah. 23 since the all-star break. I mean, they're, they've, they've sort of fallen apart, you know, no, yeah. and it's, it's especially delicious, you know, given that, <laughs> you know, they're at one point this season, everyone was talking about, you know, the, the 2001 Mariners and could they win 117 games and, and, and no, no, they cannot. No. And in, in fact, I, there's, I always thought the Astros were as good as the Yankees. Now I'm, I'm definitely believe they're much better than them. Yeah, that, that's what I mean, that's what I see. Sort of the, the the Yankees were. I think they're sort of looking over their shoulder uh, a little too much. And whereas the Astros, you know, it's it's methodical and and it's sort of like their lineup. You know, they're just sort of relentless. You know, there's not a ton of gaps. Uh, you just you know win that day and 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 win win the next day and when worry about that tomorrow and. You know, I, I don't. I don't know that anyone's goal was catch the Yankees. Obviously, that's you know yeah. that's that's a, a nice benefit of winning all these games. But you know, they, they kept they sort of kept their eye on the ball. No, and there, there's no guarantee in the playoffs that you're going to meet that team. Right. That's what right, people right. don't understand. It matchups. Hey, with Seattle now, if Seattle's pitching gets rolling, they could beat the Yankees. Yeah, they so. absolutely could. <clears throat> and and you know when it, when it comes to October, you know. Uh, you know the the 2019 Houston Astros. That's that's one of the most complete. That's one of the greatest teams I've I've ever seen. Yeah. And and just had it was a bad week to have a bad week, and they ended up not winning the World Series. And that can happen. Uh, you know, I think first and foremost, you don't want to get into a three game series because anything can happen yeah. when you just have to win two out of three. But in a longer series, you know, it, it becomes a little bit a little bit easier. But you don't. You, you don't want your bad week to come in to come in October. No, and uh, in fact, Washington wasn't better than the Dodgers, and they beat the Dodgers. So it, right, that just right. happens. No, that's how he 
Kendrick, and there's a, a word in the in the middle there that I just edited out. <laughs> Everybody's got one. Everybody's got a guy that beats them, and they they use that name. So it, yours just happened to be Howie Kendrick, who had the week yep. of his life. That's all. All right, James Yasko, thank you for your time. James Yasko from the Lima Time Time Podcast on the Astros. Terrible day to talk to me from the Astros, but thank you for your time. And going easy on it. Go easy on us from now on. Astros, 21 runs, 25 hits. The White Sox don't get 25 hits in a month, Hannah. In a month. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Do you think RP3 is the only nickname Ray has? Think again. There was Little Vainant. There was Little Foot, Little Bubba. There was LD, which stood for Little Dufo. There was Ray Dog. There was Ray Diggity Dog. There was Fish. There was Fish Face. There was RP3. There was even Ramundo from El Segundo. Back to the host with more nicknames than he knows what to do with. RP3, right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame and 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of the Rewards Club, you will be you have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou, a $50 gift certificate to Acadiana Bar and Grill, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the score or the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. It's free, it's simple. So go sign up today. I can't get through one of them without perfection. I just can't do it. I get close, but I can't do it. Hey, if you're in Arcadiana, you can watch us. Oh, boy. I'm the simulcast. Arcadiana. You said Arcadiana. I said Arcadiana. There's no R there. You can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3, and on 133 LUS Fiber. You can see me. That's bad. You don't want that. (laughs) <laughs> don't rush to your TV for that view. But it's if you happen kidding. to want to see what what we look like here, okay, give us a look. All right, Hannah, what's the poll question up to? All right, so our poll question as a recap is, who will get more snaps tonight for the Saints game against the Packers, and who will they win or lose? So right now leading the vote still is Ian Book will get more snaps and he will lose. 32% say that Andy Dalton will get more snaps and they will win. And then 13 apiece for Andy Dalton will have more snaps and lose, or Ian Book will have more snaps and they will win. Ah, I think I just got a text message on my machine. Oh, yes, the uh, Astros scored another run against the White Sox. Uh, Still scoring. How's that? That's bad. Still scoring today. Uh, Uh, Makes for a happy Kevin Foote. Got some comments from people? Yes, we do. So we have Ton on Twitter says, why do people give a crud? About preseason. Thank you. We know it doesn't matter. We're not going to see our top players, and it isn't like the wins and losses matter. Thank I you. I'm just trying to think of a poll question, Tom. Okay, I tried. <laughs> Darren, and where else could Tom get his point across? <laughs> right. Yes. Darren says book is still there. I think wow. they're just trying to get through the preseason without injuries. With that being said, book takes 110 percent of the snaps. 
I mean, they I might. They I mean, didn't not Andy... He won't get 110 percent. They'll play three quarterbacks. So, you think they're gonna play? Yeah, Simeon. No, are they gonna play Hill? Are they gonna play Davis? They have a third one. They have the third guy. Trevor Simeon. No, Trevor Simeon's with the Bears. Trevor Simeon played for the Bears last night. I'm done. (laughs) He looked good last night. That is true. Why am I? I don't know. And who else? Who's the third quarterback? There's a third quarterback. I, I forget his name. He's a the young guy. The only. It's a guy that, that doesn't matter if he gets hurt. <laughs> that's who okay. Plays. That's who plays. I don't know. I mean, they're still trying to play on the roster, so I don't know. Yes. So, JBK, the OD, they will win despite Ian Book. Tonight is Abram Smith's coming out party. That, that, there you there go, you Abram go. Smith. There we go. We got it now. Abram Smith's the third one. <laughs> Uh, coming out party post game. Ian Book gets traded to the New Orleans Breakers for a twenty percent off coupon at the aquarium, and two sacks of crawfish, and a case of beer. And then it's, it's a, a good deal. <laughs> and they give a SpongeBob with a ray of sunshine, but it says "suck to suck." Um, That's not a bad deal. I would take that deal. Me? Look, I don't crumb on poor Ian Book. He was okay. Do you not hear foot? An Ian Book. Ian Book. Well, he, you, 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 you were assuming he was. You had him in a starting position. He was not ready for last year. Oh, um. So, Matt Miguez, our illustrious afternoon host, says KJ Costello technically is a third string quarterback. Okay, KJ Costello. Th- no, sorry. Technically, a third string quarterback is Taysom Hill. Well, but KJ Costello is the other quarterback. They have four Cast- of them. Hill will not play quarterback tonight. No, I don't think so, but. If Hill if Hill is taking snaps at any time this year on a consistent basis, that's not a good year for the Saints. Yeah. Something bad went wrong. Something terrible Probably. went happen. No. Uh Doug says simple. If the O line can give Book some protection, he should be able to win. And then it just says UL Cajuns. Is it actually from I don't know if it's actually the real Cajuns thing. I don't think it is. It says Book making a good living as a backup. Yeah, it, it's not a bad. Look, you can you can do worse things in life than hold a clipboard and make that money. There are worse things in life to do, and you get to write down on your taxes, professional quarterback. That's not. I mean, I, I would I would wear a visor, and and hold a clipboard for what they get paid <laughs> for for fifteen years and get my pension. That's not a bad thing. I mean, I'd be down. I'll guys be your, have, I'll guys be your, have done worse for livings. I'll be your uh, your fifth string defensive end. There we go. I got you. Well, now you're I gonna have to play. No. See the quarterback At never fifth gets. String? Oh yeah, you get in. You get in a game or two. Oh, then the, I don't the, know the third what string quarterback <laughs> never gets in. The best he can do is maybe be the backup holder. You, you sure about that? <laughs> we did play four quarterbacks last year. And I said, if that's <laughs> happening, something terribly wrong went on. <laughs> For the Saints, if that's happening again, you're not going to. If you play four quarterbacks again this year, that's not a good scenario. That does not no. bode well. That means Ian Book is playing again, and Kevin Foote's having a conniption because yes, he, I, I have heard him talk about Ian Book in a non-favorable way. Yes, yeah, see, Ian Book in every other way is spelled I A N B O O K. In Foot Logic, it's I A N. But his last name is spelled B O O O O O U C K H. In the way he says his last That's name. That's rough. 
He's a <laughs> he, he was a rookie fourth string quarterback, not expected to play at all. Mm-hmm. And the guy came in and he was as expected, I thought. Awful. Less than favorable. I one of two <laughs> things was going to happen. He was going to play like he did, or he was going to light up the sky and people are going to go, well, where's this guy come from? And that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. No say. So I, it's, he did what he was supposed to do, which was survive a game. And the Saints, the Saints had a good year. They did. Move on. And, and if he had to play this year, he would, I would hope, would be better and better prepared. That's the hope. Well, that's what you would you would hope he would get better as time went on. The game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. This is Brent Musburger's action update. The Astros on the game today, visiting the Atlanta Braves, open up a week. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Arnaville Volunteer Fire Department is hosting a black pot cook-off on Saturday, September 10th. The cooking begins at 8 a.m. and the eating will start at noon at the Flower Auditorium in Arnaville. There will also be plenty of live music, including Gerald Grudig, the Gentile Zydeco, Dustin Sonier, and the Sweet Cecilia. For more information, visit www.arnavillefire.org. Very good. Thank you. Very good. All right now, going to join us from Go Preps. Is our Hunter Bauer. Hunter, how you doing? Hey, Jim. How's it going this morning? All right. I, I want to compliment you because I, I think uh, you've done a tremendous job with GoPreps. How long have you been doing it? Is this the third year or uh, fourth year? Yeah, this will be the third year. That's amazing what it's become, and now it's a full-time gig. That's right. Yeah, we're, we're really excited. Uh, it came full-time in February, so uh, just ready for football to actually get here and, and let me action get going and uh, – just tired of sitting on our butts at home. Remember Hunter from keeping score at McNeese State baseball games in the press box. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Taking you back. All right, let's talk a little high school football. Uh, you want to talk class 3A, 4A. Um, first of all, let me ask you this. What is your take on the uh, Manning situation? Now people are saying he's not as highly rated a quarterback if it was. Is he the best quarterback in the state of Louisiana? Yeah, you know, I mean, every time you, you've got a high-profile quarterback like that, especially with that last name, you know, you're going to have your critics. But, you know, I really do think he's one of the good quarterbacks in the state. Uh, I think you have a lot of talented quarterbacks in the state. That's just Louisiana in general, and it shows from, you know, the amount of offers that a lot of these, you know, upper classification quarterbacks are getting from, from all, over, all over the country. But, you know, I, I, I think – what really hinders Arch is uh, it, it really is his football team. And, you know, Newman's not really been strong in the past, but I do think they have a lot of weapons this year. I think uh, I, I think Newman's going to be able to uh, surprise a lot of folks. They're going to play a lot of good teams this year, including uh, uh, Manny, who's a Class 2A powerhouse up in northwest Louisiana. So they're really going to get to sh- – Arch is 
I guess, final uh, road tour is really going to be one for, for people all over the state to go watch. But, yeah, you know, Jim, I, I think he really is. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people in college. And, and, uh, and, and you know, I, I'm not saying he's going to win a national championship at Texas, but I think he's going to help Texas get back to where it was, uh, you know, a couple of decades ago. Well, the spotlight will be on him. All right, let's spotlight some of the 3A teams, 4A teams um, in the local areas that you think are going to be good. Uh, Lake Charles College Prep, how good is it, and has it become the foremost program in southwest Louisiana? You know, it, it certainly has in the last couple of years, and uh, they, they've definitely shown that. You know, had it not been for, for um uh, you know, them not being able to go to the playoffs last year, I think they would have made a, a really good run. Now they're going to be in the, on the select side. Uh, you know, as of now, they're on the select side. Um, you know, and I think that that 3A, 4A division, uh, it's really loaded with talent. But I think that the, the Trailblazers are going to be able to hold their own. They got nine starters coming back on defense this year, which is going to be uh, really crucial for them uh, coming up against some of these really good teams that, you know, come playoff time. Uh, they're almost unstoppable. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how Lake Charles Prep responds after being, you know, not being able to go to the playoffs last year. But I think they're going to have a really good team. Uh, I think, you know, they played some really good opponents, including St. James this year. So it's uh, going to be interesting to watch. Uh, but, you know, you've got University Lab, defending state champion over there in Division Two, and uh, you can never count them out. And you've got your, you know, your Madison Preps and, uh, you know, Amy, who moved up to Class 3A, they're also considered select this year, and they won the state championship in Class 2A as well last year. So you got a couple of state champions going to be buying it out uh, for that, uh, and in that Division II that's combined with 3A and 4A schools. It's going to be exciting to watch. How does the reclassification kind of affect the 3A, 4A races? Does it open it up for people? Um, does it confuse more people? What, what does it do? Yeah, you know, honestly, Jim, as of now, uh, you know, with the teams that have been deemed select as of the last LHSA meeting, you know, your Class 3A and 4A non-select uh, playoffs, I think they really are wide open, you know, because of a lot of the schools that, that got transferred over to the select side. Um, you know, you, you've got Sterlington, who won the Class 3A title last year, but you also got, you know, your Union Preps, uh, your Church Point. Uh, but then you've also got schools like Iway and Jennings over over this way that you know are always competitive. Uh, Iway, uh, uh, excuse me, Iway and Jennings, um, you know, are going to uh, I think surprise a lot of people this year as well. Especially like I said, with the other schools uh, moving over to the select side, and then in Class 4A, uh, you know, not only do you have Westgate and Warren Easton coming back who who fought it out for the state championship last year. You got Neville, you've got Lutcher, you've got Northwood up in Shreveport. Uh, really, a lot of good teams. So I think it really is going to be wide open in those races on the public side of the uh, of the bracket. Is it? What's your take on? Are they ever going to get back together, or is this just completely? We have two separate groups now. Yeah, you know, honestly, Jim, I've been asked that a lot, and in my, you know, in my opinion, this is not representing anybody else. Um, I think you're going to have a lot of principals that are going to say, you know, what's the reasoning of having uh, a split now? Because now you've got more teams on the select side than you do the non-select. Um, you've got a lot of public schools that, you know, have voted against uh, 
the private schools being with the public schools that are now with yeah. the private schools. So you, you have a lot of people that are going to say, well, what's, what's the point now? Why don't we just all get back together? I'm not saying that may happen in the next year or two, but eventually I think that's what's going to happen, especially if the LHSA ends up combining some of these playoff brackets uh, and, and you know dwindling down the number of teams that get in. I think you might see everybody come back together. As the vo- and the voting block might be changing too somewhat, so that's always interesting when the politics are involved. All right, give me a team from this area. Give me a team from the Lake Charles area that's going to be a surprise team that people say are kind of under the radar for both. Well, you know, really, and we talked about this last night, Jim. But you know, I, I, and this is class five A. I'm sorry, I'm kind of going out of order, but I really think Bard's going to surprise a lot of people this year in in, in the Lake Charles area. Uh, you know, still affected by uh, the hurricane. They weren't able to play in 2020. And, you know, but they have a lot of weapons on their team, uh, a good wide receiver, a good quarterback uh, duo. I, I think I really think that um, they're going to be able to compete. It's going to be a tough district, especially with Karen Crow uh, coming up to 5A and, and you got Acadiana. Uh, but you're going to have a lot of people uh, that, you know, may not pick Barb to be deep in the playoffs, but I can certainly see them. Uh, being in the playoffs deep in November. And then, uh, you know, in the Lafayette area, I, I know they won state last year, but really Westgate, uh, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be a threat again this year. I really do. And I, I think a lot of people, you know, with the loss of uh, a couple of D1 signees that, that they had, uh, I don't think a lot of people are giving them a chance to repeat, but I really do. I think they're going to have a chance to, uh, to, to, to go back and defend their title. It's going to be tough. There's going to be a lot of good teams in that in that Class 4A bracket uh, this year, but uh, look for them maybe to repeat again. Do you got any surprise names that are going to pop up that you think are going to have big years and maybe get some scholarships that uh, nobody's heard of? You know, especially over there in the uh, in the Lafayette area, you got two good quarterbacks. You know, life after, uh, after the uh, St. Thomas Moore uh, – quarterback uh will taylor who is a uh, a junior uh he's going to be taking over the reins over there at st thomas moore i think you're going to start seeing some uh some some offers pop up for him uh and then you got preston welch over at turlings who uh you know not only is he a, is he a good quarterback he's just a good athlete in general a good uh, he, you know he participates in track and, and things like that good javelin thrower uh, I think you're going to see uh, some more offers pop up for them. Really, some some good athletes. Uh, you know, that's uh, Trey Grogan over in uh, at Lafayette Christian. Uh, I think he's a really good uh, uh, wide receiver. Um, Harvey Broussard at St. Martinville. Just a lot of good athletes in that area over there in Lafayette. But be be sure to watch uh, uh, Will Taylor over at St. Thomas More. Uh, uh, and Preston Welsh over at Turlins Catholic. I think they're going to turn some heads this year. What's the one thing that surprised you by covering high school sports the way you have the last three years? Is it the interest from people? Is it kind of the politics of it? What surprised you the most? Really, you know, <clears throat> this really isn't a surprise, but, you know, just the amount of support that, uh, a, a lot of these programs get. And I'm not talking about just financial support. I'm talking about community support. And, and a lot of them are small-town programs. There's just so much pride. And, you know, you really saw that when when COVID hit and then these hurricanes hit and, you know, some of these schools weren't able to field teams or, or uh, you know, they 
had to forfeit games. It really affected those communities, Jim, and it really did. And it, and I think, uh, you know, this being the first year back, you know, praying to God that nothing happens, no hurricanes or anything like that, um, you're, you're going to see a lot more passion come out this year. And you see it on social media. You see it uh, on our website, people calling in or, or emailing in, uh, wanting to know, you know, how many yards they're – their player had this week or where they think their team's going to end up for the playoffs. Uh, it's just, the, you know, I think that since 2020 and all that happening, uh, people are just really hungry for some normalcy. And, and I think they're going to get that this year. Yeah. I was, that was going to be my next question to you to get you out on this one is um, the, in, now that we're getting back to a little bit normal and a little bit more away from those other things that you talked about, have you seen the interest grow coming into this year, especially? Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely, and uh, and and a lot of those teams that necessarily haven't been successful in the past, uh, I think they're getting a lot of uh, interest from outside the program. People come, our kids coming in, wanting to participate, just wanting something to do, and uh, I think it's going to benefit them. You got a lot of schools all over the state that really were struggling uh, a few years ago that. Um, I think, you know, may not make a playoff run, a deep playoff run or things like that, uh, but I think they're going to turn some heads this year, and, and I think that's the biggest thing is kids are just wanting to get involved again. And where can they what, read your stuff at? Yeah, gopreps.com, G-E-A-U-X, and then uh, we're also on uh, all our social media at GoPreps.LA, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all, all those good things. So, uh yeah, we're, we're putting out previews and, uh, and class rankings every day uh, heading up to uh, September 1st. So be sure to check it out. Follow us on all our social media stuff. All right, Hunter. Thanks for that. Hunter Bauer from GoPreps.com. Thanks for your time. All right, Jim. Have a good one. And, and Hannah, the, he is, I've known him for a while. He does an amazing job at – he took a something that he's passionate about and has turned it into a career – now that this is what he does full-time, and I think he's surprised a lot of people with how well he is connected within the state and the area and what he knows. He knows his high school football. So when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more football after this. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Jim Gazzolo back, finishing up our Number two. Hannah, we only got one more hour together. We do. One more it's so hour sad. is all we got left on the weekend, until the weekend, and then never see you again, perhaps, until you come over to the truck. You're going to guess us again. Don't worry. I don't know. Uh, uh, I think this was, I think this one's, the last two days have gone poorly. Poorly. They've done well. No, you've been fine. I've been, I've been hideous. We've I le- done I led, the, I led the White Sox to a 25, 21 to 5 loss. I don't want to come back after that. And then you throw me to the Wolves and James Lasco and have to talk Astros? I'm sorry. <laughs> One whole segment, rough, man. Rough. 15, rough. 15 minutes of 15 three hours. Long, 15 <laughs> of the longest minutes of my life right there. <laughs> hey, what's our poll question update? So our poll question, who will get more snaps tonight for the Saints game against the Packers and will they win or lose? Still leading the vote at 46% is Ian Book and says that they'll lose. 30% that Andy Dalton will have more snaps and they'll win. 11% for Ian Book to have more snaps and win. And 13% for Andy Dalton to have more and lose. 
The only new comment we have so far on our Facebook is on our Twitter is from Ton saying, sorry, Hannah, five names. That wasn't aimed at the pole. It was aimed at the buttholes that the sky is falling because the Saints lost a preseason game. All right. Now, did, uh, were people really saying that the sky was falling because they lost a preseason game? Were there really people upset at that? Yes. Wow. Some Folks, people think that it's a, a pre- preseason it was, thing. First of all, it was the first preseason game. The yeah. least important of all the preseason games. The least important game of all the least important games. How's that? Yep. It was great. a it was a nothing thing. Nothing. All right. I just wanted to point this out to you because I know we got a lot of SEC fans out there and they kind of pick on my Big Ten. Big Ten got seven billion in TV rights. That's right, seven billion. TV rights from multiple broadcast partners in the new TV deal <laughs> coming up. You think USC and UCLA are upset they're leaving the Pac-12? That is ridiculous amount of money. So don't anybody complain because a kid playing football or basketball gets a little NIL money when numbers like that are being thrown around to the colleges. If they're going to get that much money for how these kids play and watch on TV, the kids deserve some of the money. So I, mean, I just yeah. I, I get a little tired of people that I understand all of it. I understand the NCAA has no control anymore and they're a debacle when it comes to all this stuff. But million. Somebody's going to write a check over time to the Big Ten for about $7 billion, according to reports. And it's multiple people because it's Fox. Yeah, it's Fox. CBS and NBC. And Peacock, which is part of NBC. Yes. And the NBC part is what really intrigues me. Why is that? Because how does that play to Notre Dame, who's exclusive Notre Dame? Does that mean Notre Dame is going to the Big Ten? Is there a Notre Dame pathway to the Big Ten now. I think it may give more of a leeway to for them to get into the Big Ten maybe, but Or does it solve the problem and Notre Dame doesn't have to go to the Big Ten? Because their their money is going to be secure with NBC anyway. I I want to read the details before I get too far into that, but to me Notre Dame is now a different game. And I I still say where does Notre Dame play? Because as these conferences start solidifying their schedules, are they going to be able to find games? And if the Big Ten just got that with this many schools, are other schools going to be looking at them and saying, hey, could Oklahoma and Texas say, wait a minute, why don't we go to the Big Ten instead of the SEC? That's a lot more money. This is a a game changer. Because I don't know if the SEC can bring anybody in that can help them raise the stakes that much because of eyeballs in the room. I don't know who's left that interests enough people. I would think the only team left interesting enough to gain some money like this would be Notre Dame itself. I I mean, I I know people talk Florida State, Clemson, and that. They don't have big enough television markets to draw that many eyes to make it worth that. So if anybody's saying out there, Don't feed the kids. They're going to be a problem. 
Don't give them their money. $7 billion. I mean, I think the thing with the NIL is that was it brought out the correct way with sufficient guidelines? No, it was, it was done like the ACC. Like that, then done. no, it, it was not at all whatsoever. But I think that the kids, yes, the kids do deserve a way and to go and to deal with I think it helps them, I think, in a way, because having NIL, it's having them work with businesses and yeah. organizations before they reach, if they want to, reach the NFL and be paid that way. So it just depends. The game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. JG from the LC in for RP3. How's that? Smooth? That was smooth. Jim Gazzolo in with Hannah Five Names. Last hour on this Friday morning, which looks like it's going to be a little wet on the drive back to Lake Charles for myself. So I bought new wipers, so I have new wipers. Otherwise, I'd be worried. But I have new wipers in the car. Car got an oil change. It's all ready to go. All right, we've had two interesting hours so far. Hour number three, we're going to start off with the NFL's black eye. (laughs) I keep kind of going back to it. Deshaun Watson and the NFL and the Cleveland Browns just look horrible in all this. We have an NFL that wanted a year suspension, set up a program that an arbitrator would make a decision, didn't like the decision, (laughs) went back and went for the year, settled on 11 months with the NFLPA, or 11 games suspension, with the NFLPA, Deshaun Watson comes out and says he's sorry for any women that he offended. But also, I never assaulted anybody. So what are you sorry for? And why did you give them money? When they talk, they say too much. He had an apology. Make a nice apology, accept your punishment, and move on. Don't come back with, I never assaulted anybody. Or if you're going to do that, don't apologize. Because now it's like you're talking out of one side of your mouth and then the other. And we're confused on what to believe. And sides have to be taken again. When we could have been over this, 11-game suspension and moving on. And now there's talk that Cleveland Browns may be going after Jimmy Garoppolo to be their 11-game quarterback. Why would Garoppolo go there? Why would he be happy about going and playing for 11 games and then getting thrown into a major quarterback controversy? Suppose he plays well. Do they retrade him in 11 games? Does Watson sit after the suspension? After they gave him all the money? Made him the face of the program? Made him the face of the team? And now you can't use that face for 11 weeks. 
Does anybody look good in any of this? The NFL especially. No. And the NFL, Roger Goodell, kind of gets his way. But nice Christmas gift to the Cleveland fans if they're still in the race. Around the holidays, they'll get Deshaun Watson back. (laughs) And then we'll have to rehear about this conversation again because the story will become new again. And it'll be fresh, and there will be protesters. And there will be hecklers in the stands. Instead of just throwing it away for a year and having it come back at the end of next at the, at the start of next season, it's now going to be reoccurring. And funny, it's going to come back about the same time maybe Alvin Kamara's suspension is going to be talked about live. So now we'll have two suspensions to be talking about. And what does Kamara's do? And how does this play on Alvin Kamara and what might be his future? Ah, the NFL. It's good to see have the season start. Isn't it? So exciting. I just don't see how anybody looks good in this. The Browns especially. Look, Cleveland, you can do whatever you want at quarterback. I would have probably just said I'm going to go trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. But when you said, I'm going to have, we want an adult in the room, and our adult is going to be Deshaun Watson and not Baker Mayfield, and then all this baggage, you get what you deserve. You absolutely get what you deserve, Cleveland. And now let's see where you go. I don't know. I Protesters say they're going to protest every game. I don't know what that does the suspension's there I can't say if it's fair or not I can't say whether he's even remorseful because in one hand he said I didn't do anything and in the other side he says but I'm sorry for over I offended by what I didn't do you can't say that you cannot say I never assaulted anybody and then say I'm sorry I offended anybody I didn't assault it just Ugh. It just looks ugly. And Goodell sounds no better in his talks. He sounds like a guy who... He sounds like a parent who gave away the the rights to punish children, then wanted them back, and now has to accept what's going on. He looks fairly impotent in all this, as he has through most issues. But, hey, the TV market deals are up, so he's doing his job as commissioner. Which, from what I understand, his job as commissioner is really only get the best TV deals for my owners and move on. Not really run the game. So there you have it. Saints play tonight. They play the Packers. Do you care? (laughs) Hannah, what's our poll question? And and are, are people concerned about this game? Do they care about this it game? It doesn't seem like they get as All right, much. I like that. But I Saints think, fans are smart. I think the reason, so we still have Ian Book as taking the most snaps, and they think they're still going to lose. I don't think he will care as much of the win or lose, I think, of the game. I do think they kind of are somewhat maybe in the same boat as I am of looking at just the second string and third string of the different positions yeah. to see how That's they it. work. That's it. To know that if something happens to our starters – and with having Alec Kamara's thing up in the air and 
you know, James Winston with that rolled ankle he has, where he will probably not yes. play this, you know, play tonight. I think it's mainly looking at how will we do if certain things happen to our starters. Who I are think these guys? Look at and that Andy Dalton did probably did get more, more snaps than Ian Book did the last game. I think that's kind of why they're thinking Ian Book will get more snaps. Yes, because they're like, okay, the rifle. He's you know we've seen him for years. We know what he can do. We wanted to see what he could do last weekend with yes. being a part of the Saints program and the organization. But I think now it's more looking at Ian Book, who we all know struggle. He's on the struggle bus real hard. More so. interest to me is in McNeese scrimmage tonight. And that sounds weird, but at least there's drama at quarterback there. And there's something to see and compare. I don't care. I, I've never cared about NFL preseason. I certainly don't care about it now. I think it becomes less and less important as the years go by. Aaron Rodgers is going to play one or two series, maybe. Andy Dalton, who isn't even a starter, will play one or two series, maybe. And that's really it. It doesn't it, – it's not – it's okay, TV. If you're, if you're really a diehard fan and you care who the third-string tight end is and how much special teams he will play, then go for it and enjoy your popcorn. Otherwise, just watch it and say, hey, it's nice to have football on TV. I just don't see it. What is, well, who's winning the overall poll? Smoothie the poll is Ian Book to get more snaps and for them to lose at 47%. And for them to lose. Mm-hmm. Wow, Saints fans, a little, little down. Please, people. I've only heard it once, but don't panic over one loss in a preseason. I think you get more out of the workouts against the other team during the weekdays. I like that. I, I wish they would do more of that. I guess they only do one week. That's what our friend Leslie said yesterday. They only do one week, and then everything else is normal. I'd like to see more of that. I think you'd get more out of there, because then you got guys that are. This is just. This is just. Uh, I don't know. Wallpaper for more money for owners, and TV going crazy over. Hey, we got football. I mean, they were calling it a Monday night football game last night on Thursday night. It was, the, it was the Bears against Seattle. And a whole bunch of guys who, quite frankly, won't be around. Now, you said you have more interest in the McNeese scrimmage. Yeah. So, in your – what you've seen so far this year, like the training camp and everything else, who do you think is going to be the starting quarterback? If they were – if Goff were to actually say, you know what, I'm done for having one quarterback. If today – if he was – if they were lining up in a regular season game tonight – I would almost guarantee it would be Cam Ransom. And that's mainly because he has been at camp more and healthier. Healthier longer at camp. How's that? So I think he's ahead of the game a little bit, if I had to pick one. Um, I don't, And I was asked that last night, actually. But that would be me picking on the optics. I don't, the, thing I don't, the thing I don't get into with coaches that they see is, and it's a great point, is the other day Coach Goff made the point, Ransom threw a touchdown pass in the scrimmage to Mason Pierce. Pierce made a great play on it and caught it past a tough catch. And we were all like, hey, that was a great throw, great play, blah, blah, blah. And he said, without even being propped, he said, I had to take Cam to the side and tell him, you misread that a little bit and overthrew it because you were a little late on the read and this and that. 
if you throw it at the right time on rhythm, it would have been an easier catch. Coaches are looking at that. I don't look at that because I have no idea what that means. <laughs> when I played football, I ran into a tackling dummy, and that was it. I, I didn't worry about that. And the films were all grainy, and it was the olden days, black and white. So <laughs> I don't – so he's looking at things that I don't see. So I don't know who's ahead in that part of the game. But from the optics of a fan or from me, I, I would say Ransom's ahead. You think it's a good move to move Walker to – Yeah. I think he will be an extremely positive influence on that offense because they don't have a slot receiver. I think he will make plays in there, and I think it will benefit him by being the quarterback, being a quarterback and seeing the field to know what to go to. So, yeah, I think so. So now it looks like you have, so you have Cam Ransom, and then you have the sophomore, Knox Kadem. Knox Kadem. And then you have a freshman – Cameron McAllister. Yeah, and Ryan Ryan and Roberts Ryan from Roberts. Lafayette. Uh, he's from Lafayette. Roberts is from Lafayette. And I think both of them benefit by Walker Wood moving out too because they will now get reps in practice. They wouldn't have a scout team. But neither one of them are in the in the race. It's a two it's a two horse race. When we come back, Nick Fontenot will join us on gaming. I've got some specific questions for Nick. Also, what's it like to be in a train across the tracks? Uh, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Tired of having your pockets emptied out due to bad sports bets? 20. Hit me. 21. Hit me. 22. Go! Listen up, because it's time to take down some notes and get paid with advice from semi-pro gambler Nick Fontenot. I get so nervous when I gamble. I'm so silly. Here is Cashing Tickets on 103.7 The Game, Acadiana's sports station, simulcast on Stadium 32.3. Nick Fontenot is with us. Nick, who guest hosted yesterday, was a couple minutes late. I want to ask you, Nick, real quick. uh, Was that because you were actually doing the over-under on the freight train? And how many cars? (laughs) Well, as soon as I got to the train, I should have taken the over. (laughs) because my my luck is, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to get there fast. I'm trying, I would take the under, and then it would lose. So the over was the play once I saw the train. Ah, no problem. <laughs> I just want to ask you because you, you you'll you'll put a put a bet down on just about anything, won't you? <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right, I want to I want to ask you a question about uh, some things I've been watching because I'm trying to keep up with some of this gaming now, and I notice in baseball there's a lot of this betting individual players for how many at-bats or for how many total bases, how many hits, how many of that. Is that a big Is that a big thing now, each individual game? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, 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 a, it's a fun way to, to never be out of the game, for, for lack of a better word, because your, your guy can always come up and, and get a hit or, or get a home run. You yeah. Know, if you're, you're betting uh, the Mets and the Braves who, who played last night, and, and the game's not going your way. If you maybe were a, a Mets fan, the Braves are winning. But you have uh, one of the Braves players to get a base hit. That guy can at all times come back and get a base hit. So if the score is 12 to 1, you know, you have uh, a, a Mets player, uh, Pete Alonso, you have him to get a base hit. You know, your bet's always alive. So that's kind of the appeal of those bets where you're not really pulling for the game, you're pulling for the individual player. Sometimes that player may have a bad game, but he's, he's, your bet's never out of it. So you're staying, you're staying 
attentive to the game, even though the game may be actually over, you're best not. So it, it benefits everybody involved, right? It benefits the the, the network because you're still watching that game. Yeah. It benefits oh, yeah. the sports book. The sports book, because it's more things to bet on it, it benefits you because you, you, you're never quite out of it when you do that. I guess that's the one reason why I kept watching last night at 21-5 to for the Astros over the White Sox. So I was watching my White Sox get plummeted. I still had a bet down or something. Uh, <laughs> uh, I want I want to also ask you this: Is that basically the same thing for how much when these bets change by quarters, by games, by innings? Are you seeing a lot of people really getting keeping up with that and saying in the game that way as well? Team bets, team bets, and as and, they and change in the game, yeah. When the line changes, and yeah. So if you have, if you have, it, 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 a lot of people, unfortunately. They like to chase. They like to chase their their bet. So if you yeah. if you had let's say let's say you had the White Sox in that game and before the game you picked the White Sox to win and you saw early on they weren't going to get it done. Well, that line keeps moving and you can go on the on the live line and look at it. It might be the White Sox are now plus ten, so now they only have to lose by ten. Well, you know you you put your money down on the first game. That's a loss. Let me try to chase it within <laughs> the game. And so you're betting more that way. So it can get out of hand when you do that. But the live betting is fun, especially if you maybe miss the beginning of the game. So you're planning on watching that game. You come in in about the third inning. You're checking the score. But you still want to put some action on the game. You can do that. You're never you're never uh, disallowed from putting money on the game. In, in the middle of the game, in the beginning of the game, the final inning, you can bet per inning. You can bet the White Sox to win just the sixth inning. You, know, you can do things That's like wild. that. wild. So there's plenty of different ways for you to get in on a game. That is that is wild. I would have liked them just not to have played the game yesterday. I would have bet that. Uh, <laughs> the the. I also see where what's becoming big, and I don't know if it's new or just a new wave. Is I see the line of who's going to make the playoffs and their percentages almost daily change. Uh, is there a lot of action on that as the days go by that maybe not a day-to-day change, but a week-to-week that people kind of chase their bet that way too? Yeah, you you want to you want to try to get you want to try to get in if you have a team that you know is going to be maybe getting some players back or maybe a lot of guys are coming back from injury. They might be in third place right now, a few games back, and you're like, you know what? Uh, this guy has a pitcher coming back, or this guy has a a, a really a really big piece of the. Of the of the pie coming back, or you might have some inside information where they're making a move or they're, they're calling up a prospect or something like that. That's going to make the difference. And right now they're uh, a plus 800 to win it all. And you're like, you know what? I, I just have this feeling that that, that player is going to make a difference. And you put money on them. And then once that player comes, then yeah, the, the lines will switch. We had talked about the Padres, I believe last week, and we were thinking that they were going to be popping up. And then, Fernando Tatis gets popped for his uh, yeah. his issue, and he's not going to be coming back. So that completely changed everything. Now oh, they're yeah. back down to middle of the pack. Nobody's really thinking they're going to have a chance to win the World Series. So, yeah, things like that are always happening. And if it affects one team, that means every team's affected because the team that was now the favorite is now third. Everybody moves up. Everybody moves back. It, it affects everything. So when one team's odds change, usually all the team's odds change. Let me ask you this about college football. As we get into it here, um, some of the interesting bets to me are, are, are individual bets. The Heisman bet is always interesting. Uh, is there a dark horse candidate Heisman guy that might be worth some money for people? The Heisman is so crazy because I think right now it's 
it's uh, it's the, the quarterback from Ohio State and and the the guy who won it last year from Alabama. Their names yeah. escape me right now. But but those two guys, I think, are the favorites. But you always have these names that you weren't even thinking of. Like I think last year, nobody was really talking about Bryce Young to win the Heisman yeah. Trophy, and he comes all the way back and wins it. So the Heisman is such a such a crapshoot bet because I I know there are so many years where the Heisman Trophy winner is somebody who came out of kind of came out of nowhere and, and won the Heisman. So I think your your favorites in that award usually don't don't win it, especially like Bryce Young. I think is the favorite, but I mean we've never seen. Uh, a person win it two times aside from Archie Griffin. So it's not yeah. common for that to happen. And I think the voters usually sway away from giving a guy a second Heisman. So the, the Heisman trophy, I love the Heisman. I'm a big Heisman guy, but I think betting on it is, is, is kind of kind of crazy to do early. Once you start seeing things develop and you can even like predict like, hey, look, I think uh, this guy, he's about to play this game. If, if he has a big game, he's going to be the favorite. You might want to bet before that game because you're going to get better odds. Because if he does have that big game, his odds are going to drop and you're going to lose an opportunity to make money. I see a lot of the big money going on Alabama-Ohio State early. Um, obviously, George is going to get a lot of play. Is there a dark horse for the national championship you kind of like to say, hey, watch them, this could be a play? I mean, this is not going to sound logical or good or anything, but Notre Dame is always a dark horse to get into the playoffs. Now, once they get in the playoffs – they don't have any success. They don't have the players to compete with Alabama and Georgia and those SEC teams, but you just got to get in. I mean, we always talk about just getting into the playoffs is harder than actually winning it. And I think Notre Dame has a very uh, simple route to get there. Now, they're, they're with the, their new coach. They lost Brian Kelly, of course. But I think Notre Dame is that, is that, is that team that the dark horse, they're ranked fifth, they're, they're bringing a lot of talent back, and their road to make the playoffs is easy. Now, once they get in – they got to get it done, and they haven't proved to do that. But if you're talking about somebody where you want to make some money, I mean, yeah, you can bet on, on the teams that you mentioned, Ohio State and, and Georgia and, and, and Alabama. Yeah, you can bet on those teams, but you're not going to make a whole lot of money because they're the favorites. You want a dark horse where you can put some a little bit of money and get a bigger return, I think Notre Dame should play. Uh, well, Notre Dame opens with Ohio State. So one of those two teams is going to vault themselves into contention right away. So if, you, if you've got an idea, make your play before that game. Probably you get better odds, right? You don't That's want the right. winner after that. <laughs> yes. And, and is there a lot of – there's a lot of – I know we go to a lot of betting for playoffs and for that. Is there a lot of betting for teams I don't see much of for, to win a conference? Like, say, is there money on Ohio State to win the Big Ten? Is that a big play for uh, gamers or is it more – no, we, it's the national picture. I think the, the number one play for future bets is the win totals. How many games are this team mm -hmm. going to win? But, yeah, absolutely. Jim, you can bet on, on, on them to win a conference. You can bet on them to win, uh, to, to win the, the, the national championship, to, to, do, to win the, the, their side of the conference. So you can bet, like, bet LSU to win the SEC West. You can bet all those things. But I think the most popular bet, the thing that most people do is they, they look at the schedule – and they mark off, okay, this is the win, this is the loss, this is the win. And then they count up those totals, and then they see what Vegas is saying. And if, if in your gut you're saying, I think, uh, you know, I think LSU is going to win eight games, and Vegas has it at seven and a half, well, then you might be more inclined to put a little bit of money on, on how many games they're going to win throughout the year. Give me, I got one more question for you. Then I'll let you go. Give me one good, solid NFL surprise bet. 
whether it be a team, a player, or give me what team, what would be your one bet people won't notice? I kind of talked about it yesterday, and I'm not really you know happy to say it, but I think the Panthers are going to surprise some teams. I know the Bucks and the Bucks and the Saints are the top two teams. In, in, the, in our division, but I think the Panthers are actually going to have a better team. I like Baker Mayfield. I know Kevin Foote really, really doesn't like him. He kind of talks down on him, but I think Baker Mayfield <laughs> makes them a better team, and I, I think they're going to. I think they're going to win more than the uh, these five point five games that Vegas uh, that Vegas has uh, been passed for. So I, I like the Panthers as like a sleeper pick to maybe win more games than than what everybody thinks. Well, Nick Fano, I think Baker Mayfield was named the starter yesterday, so maybe you know something. Nick Fontenot, thank you. All right, Jim. Thanks, man. All right. The game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Houdan is ready for Saints talk. They give the Camaro, breaks through, spins at the two, into the end zone, touchdown! Time to talk Saints with the Big Easy Blitz here on RP3 and Company. And we're back, and Tina Howell will now join us from Canal Street Chronicles. And, Tina, everybody's excited about the Saints this year. What gets you excited right now about the Saints? I'm excited because I feel like we have a really talented roster, and I'm excited that we have Jameis Winston back as our quarterback under center. I want to see what he can do fully healthy with offensive weapons that we didn't have last season and healthy. Uh, are you? What's your biggest concern? Is the offensive line your biggest concern, or are you worried about the uh, tight end position? What What is the one concern you have? Right now, it's offensive line, just because these guys got beat up. Of course, Penning, he's a rookie, he's raw, but he, there's so much upside and potential there with him. Um, he was ranked really high last week in, in, in run protection, but not in pass protection. But we're going to see what he can do tonight because it looks like Hurst isn't going to play. He sustained a foot injury in practice earlier this week. So he's going to get a chance at the tackle position to see what he can do. And hopefully, you know, coaching uh, him up over the week and and looking at film and seeing, you know, where he was lacking. I know a lot of people were beating him up, but I mean, he, he did really well. Like I said, with, with the run blocking, it's just pass protection. He, he really was lacking, but there's so much tremendous upside to that. And, you know, people were asking about it all week long. What do you think? Well, I mean, think about what happened with, um, Peyton Turner and Davenport. I mean, they both did not have great rookie seasons. It took them a while to get where they're at now. So I, I, I have confidence in the scouts. I have confidence in Mickey Loomis. They wouldn't have drafted this kid if they didn't feel like he had potential. So we'll see what he does when the spotlight's underneath him tonight. Now, this is an interesting team to me because I think they have the potential to not only win the division, but win a round or two in the playoffs. I'm not sure if they can get to the Super Bowl, but I do see them as the, I think they're the best team in the division. Because I don't, I don't think the division got any better, and I think they did get better. Um, what do you think about the division? I, I know they play Tom Brady very well. Do you think they're going to win this division? I do, actually. I have a, a piece that I've been working on that's going to be coming out shortly about uh, my predictions for the season. And I do. I think they're going to take the division. I think that they're going to finish probably around 11-6, and 10-7. Uh, but they will win the division. I'm not really concerned about Tom Brady. One, just because the Saints have seemed to have his number over the last two years. Mm-hmm. He's having his own offensive line issues over there in Tampa. Yeah. And also, too, it's very concerning what's going on with him sitting out over the last couple of weeks. It's very unlike that TB12 training protocol that we've seen with him over the 
scares me. He's missing a lot of quality time. I mean, yes, he's Tom Brady, but he's got a whole new O-line and he's, he's absent from practice. He's absent from, he's not playing preseason games. So he retired and then he came back and it's just now he's not even in attendance. They said it's for personal reasons. So who knows what's going to happen? There's speculation on whether he regrets coming back. Is he going to retire again? I mean, a lot, a lot of, if you pay attention to the rumors, you go down a rabbit hole all day long, but <laughs> it, it's very suspect. So I'm not really concerned about that. And as far as the Falcons, I mean, they, they got rid of Matt Ryan on the off season. Really the Falcons haven't been relevant since that Super Bowl flop that they had a couple yes. of seasons ago. And, <laughs> Not really worried about the Panthers either. I mean, our big, really, our biggest challenge is, is the Bucks, and honestly, this season I don't even feel it to be just because of what's going on. I mean, of course, you can never underestimate Tom Brady because he's one of the court, most, uh, you know, talented quarterbacks to have ever played the game. But at this point today, if you ask me, I feel like the New Orleans Saints will be the NFC South champions, and they will make a deep run in the playoffs. On paper, they have all the talent. They just need to stay healthy. Yeah, the the Tom Brady thing I do find interesting because it's so much against his norm of what he usually does. And I, I wonder, and I've always wondered how the comeback plays at home because she hasn't wanted him to play for a few years. So maybe that's the issue at home. You never know. Yeah, the he's missing same- a lot of quality time with yeah. family, and you can't get that back. So, I mean, I, obviously it's none of our business what goes on in their personal life. But, I mean, the same thing happened with Drew here. He, you know, he has his children, young children. They're getting older. He was missing that quality time, and he was very vocal about it. He wanted to be a part of his kids' lives. I mean, he's coaching. You know, he's actively involved in everything that they do. You always, if you follow him on social media, they're taking family trips. He's involved in their soccer, their football. So, I mean, with Tom Brady, he's in the same boat. I mean, he's been playing a long time. He's getting older in age. His kids are growing up. He's missing that quality time. To me, I always say this, people don't always agree, but there is life outside of football. And to me, it's like, yeah, that's your job, but it's your family. You have to, you have that quality time and it needs to be an important balance. And I mean, if it's not at home, then yeah, it definitely affects your performance on field. No, I, I agree a hundred percent. I think it's, it's going to be an interesting because if you're not all in in football, it shows drastically. And that, that's thing. What about this football team, the Saints, as far as being different? Because it's no longer going to be the Sean Payton tinkering offense thing. It's going to be Dennis Allen's defense that's really going to decide this team. How is that taking over? And how are the fans taking to that kind of different look? Well, it's not Sean's team anymore, and, and and he's gone, and it's time to move on. Like I say, let it go. <laughs> he he made a decision, you know, earlier this year that you know he wanted to walk away from the team and football for a while, and we have to respect that. And the Saints made a very quick, swift decision in hiring Dennis Allen, which you know, honestly, I think he he earned it. He, what he did with the de- defense over the last couple of seasons is just absolutely spectacular. They've been a top five defense. I'm excited to see what they're going to do this year because we had very minimal losses on the defense so I feel like Dennis Allen has already put a stamp on this team one thing I'm really impressed with is that his open and honesty during press conferences after minicamp and practice he is very honest about things when he's asked with Sean Payton it was like if we had an injury you know like with James Hurst he would have just said oh he has a foot well gosh I hope he has a foot and he needs to walk but Sean Payton was like very secretive and and, and didn't answer questions and, and really dodged a lot of uh questions and it was not as forthcoming with the media and so I, that's one change that I really see. Another thing too is that last season we had issues in the wide receiver group. 
everybody was talking about. I mean, you didn't have to, to, to be a scout or a trainer or anything to know what was, there was issues with injuries and just performance there. I mean, these guys just not perform to an NFL level, pro level that they needed to. And Sean Payton just kept avoiding that issue. Like every time he was asked, he said, well, I'm happy with our you know performance of our wide receivers. And I mean, on paper, we had such an explosive offense for so many years and defense was an issue. And he never addressed it. And that was the first thing Sean Payton, I mean, uh, the first thing Dennis Allen did was in the draft. He, you know, he drafted Chris Olave, yeah. Asan Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas is back. So, I mean, we went from a really mediocre wide receiving group to like, to, in my opinion, a top 10 now, just with the return of Michael Thomas alone. I mean, we all know what he did in the 19 season before he got hurt. So to have him, you know, Pro Bowl, you know, star receiver bat and then add a talent veteran like Jarvis Landry and then Chris Olave, who just, you know, was a stellar standout in college. And if he performed that level here with the Saints, watch out because the Saints offense is back. Yeah, I I think it'll be a different kind of offense as long because I don't uh, I don't want to give Jameis all the keys because I want to make sure he stays in his pocket and understands the offense because if he goes, of course, no, he's not going to be chasing as many points like he was with this defense. One of the problems in Tampa Bay was he was always down three touchdowns and had to throw the mm-hmm. football 40 times a game. And they didn't build around him like the yeah, Saints have built they were not very... here. He's young, he's got an arm, and he's got offensive weapons that can get open and get down the field, which is something that's kind of lacked over the couple of you know seasons, last seasons with Drew, is that you know his arm strength was really – was diminishing and Mm -hmm. he alluded to that uh, a couple weeks back he said he could tell his body was wearing down where Jameis is a lot younger he can get that ball down the field we just got to get guys that can catch and get open and get some separation (laughs) one thing that I think went under the radar that is really going to be I think big for Jameis and that is getting Andy Dalton in the room Uh, a veteran guy who understands who isn't going to go after his job but is a solid backup in case something does happen how important is Andy Dalton going to be do you think to this team very important. He's a definite upgrade from Trevor Simeon last season. He's a veteran. I mean, he's not had any off the field issues, the leadership quality there. I think, you know, we saw what he did last season. I mean, last week, Yeah. I mean, to come in and, and started that game and he had a perfect drive that the first series for, to have somebody with the caliber of Andy Dalton here as our backup to me, it speaks volumes. Cause yeah, James has been in the league a couple of years, but he's still young. And to me, it's like, okay, to learn under a Drew Brees or, you know, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, any, any quarterback that's been in the league for a long time, you're never too young to, or too old to learn. You know, there's questions that are still going to be out there. I mean, James is coming off of a serious injury and by, you know, everything we're seeing reports out of training camp, he's doing really well, but I mean, that's still adversity. It's still like you mm-hmm. mentioned before, football is as much a mental game as it is a physical game. And there's been some players in the past that have had injuries that just don't come back the same way because in their mind, they still remember that injury. It still sits with him. So I think that, you know, just those kind of questions and concerns, Jameis is doing everything right. He said everything right. But I think Andy Dalton is going to be able to assist him and, you know, kind of take him under his win and help him, you know, step by step throughout the season and things that Jameis has never incurred before Andy Dalton has with that veteran leadership. So I think that they'll really work well together. And I was impressed. I'm happy we have a solid backup. Now, if you want to talk about uh, Ian Book, that's a totally different story. <laughs> well, again, if Ian Book is making playing important downs this year, things have gone bad. So that, that's yeah. But the one the one thing about it is last year, even Trevor Simeon, who I think has some has some value. He didn't have the experience in the room that an Andy Dalton will bring. So what do you want to see out of tonight's game? Let me leave you on this question. What do you want to see on tonight's game? Forget the scores and that. What are you looking for specifically? 
Um, I'm looking for some time with our defensive starters. I am curious to see what's going to happen with the RB3 competition. Because we all know that Alvin Kamara is, is, is our number one guy. Mark Ingram is our number two guy. But we still have a lot of questions of what's going to happen at, at the third running back position and, and right now it's kind of like a you know a three-legged horse race so we don't know what's going to happen because I mean Tony Jones Jr. he had an injury last season he really you know looked good yesterday I like um Zig uh Devon Zigbo and then Abram Smith we got Dwayne Washington we just don't know what's going to happen in that position so to me when we get to these later the second third and we used to have a fourth preseason game I like to look at what I call project players the guys that you know aren't going to be our starters for us but those are the ones that if anything happens we need solid backup and depth so that's one of the the one things I'm looking for tonight and I'm also definitely looking at Trevor Penning I want to see with the spotlight under him him getting the start if James Hurst is officially out because we don't know the inactives won't be out until later today but I suspect that he will not play I want to see what this kid is going to do um, he's got the potential that like you know everybody's going to be looking at him tonight especially after he was so scrutinized last week for um, some of his his play yeah. so those are the two things I'm looking at running back and of course uh, our tackle position and no fights from him no fights no fights no fights <laughs> I think we've got that under control Jarvis Landy took care of, of that for us this week with yeah, he, the Packers he, he puts the spotlight on himself all right Tina Howell thank you for your time Canal Street Chronicles we'll talk to you next week have a great one now there you go she's looking for the project guys interesting way of putting it guys that are kind of off the radar that are going to play maybe get some significant minutes if guys go down we'll finish up friday when we come back on the game southwest louisiana sports station your home for lsu tigers and houston astros final minutes of the takeover my last moments in on another stand. Anna, are you going to miss me? I don't think so. She I never... say yes every time. Uh, you you never believe me. I don't. All right. I, the thing I want to hear is, okay. look, Kevin Foote's going to come in here in a couple of minutes, and I want to hear him complain about the Astros winning 21-5 to because he's going to complain. He's going to say it's bad because – we're not going to score any runs tonight. Yes. Call Payne the Piper. And I want to hear that because I'm going to be in my car driving home going, <laughs> I don't think it's <laughs> – I'm offended because I just got beat 21-5. to That's all. My yeah. White Sox took it on the chin, 21-5, to and he's going to be upset because he won 21-5. to Yeah. I'll, I'll change spots with him. He would rather it be that he won like 8-5 to or 7-5. Tell, tell him I'll change spots five. with him. If he wants to, we'll flip the score. I'll be happy to take the 21 runs. <laughs> All right. What's our final poll question? So our final poll question, which is, <clears throat> who will get more snaps tonight for the Saints against the Packers, and do they win or lose? Winning the vote by the end stayed the same the whole time just about. It says 46% for Ian Book to get more snaps and to lose, 29% for Andy Dalton, and they win, 15 for Andy Dalton and they lose, and then 10% for Ian Book and them to actually win the game. I like the fact that they have Dalton playing and winning, Book playing more and losing. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a little rough. That's a little, a little rough. A little rough anything, anything you're looking forward to seeing this weekend in sports? Well, I am hoping for another sweep for my Mariners. That'd oh, be come great. On. You're in the playoffs. You're done. You're, wait for the playoffs. So, doesn't mean I still want to win games. 
Oh, You're I greedy. Wouldn't. You people are greedy. Look at me. I just got to be 21 to I, 5. I, I can't be greedy. Well, see, the main reason I want you to know that I swept my team is that I'm playing against is because the A's and they, like, suck really bad. So. Well, they're not good. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not. How do they're we, not good, but they can beat the Astros somehow. How do we say they're not good? Yeah, that happens. That's a weird thing that happens. I Look. Damn. The White Sox went out. They beat the they beat the uh, Yankees in one series, and then they came back and they lost to the Tigers in the next series. Yeah. Think, things happen in baseball that are hard to explain. Uh, Twenty one to five is really hard to explain. <laughs> uh, the Astros beating the White Sox twenty one to five. Hey, the Bears are two and zero in preseason. I don't you. care about preseason, but when I get beat twenty one to five in baseball, I need something positive. Now, see, what I'm ready for, though, comes up in technically in two weeks. Am I right? Yeah. No. Yeah. What's that? About two and a half weeks. High school football. Really? Because I am actually doing something different this year. I won't be doing Apples as Catholic. I will actually be doing Acadiana High. So, Delta Media is like the home for high school football now. when you say, what what are you doing in those games? I play the commercials. I bring back the guys right. that are doing the play-by-play play and the yes, the announcing, color commentating. I actually have a sideline reporter. Nick Fontenot will be my sideline reporter. Really? Yes. Because we'll have St. Thomas Moore on the game 1037. We'll have Katie High on MeTV 97.7. Karen Crow on Z1059. Southside on Mustang 1071. The Vermilion Parish Game of the Week on 106.3 Radio Lafayette. St. Landry Parish Game of the Week on New Site 98.5. And Barb on the game 1041 Lake Charles. So get those mobile apps downloaded. Get those radios So Barb is a Lake Charles yep. go-to team. Delta Media, your home for high school football this year. That's that's a lot of high school football. It's a lot of high school football. I'm ready for I'm it. I'm not a high school football I guy. The main reason that I love high school football is not because I get to go and listen to the games. And now that I have a Katie and a high, I know they usually do well the postseason for yes. them. But it's always just fun at night because then we're watching, listening to the games through the radio, but you have, like, me – doing now a Katie and a high I'll be on the other side of the building but I'll have James in there on the other side so like every time they have a timeout for take St. Thomas Moore or a Katie and a now a Katie and a high we'll like walk out into the hallway and we'll like make face at each other and bring up the score I uh I, so I gotta fun. I gotta be honest in my younger days when I was younger I used to enjoy Friday night football I did too I mean I did now high school. I don't watch Friday I'm, I'm at home and I watch TV so <laughs> I don't do that anymore. But when I was younger, I, I got kind of a rush out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you get older, I don't know. It, uh, yeah, I had I had all the rush of Friday Night Football when I was actually in high school yeah. and like the year and second year out of it in college. So I had to go back home, but I haven't really had a chance to go back home. But like we were like how you have, is it Luminati, Vardy, the pizza place? Luminati, Luminati's. Yes. Like you have that. Yes. For we did uh, on Friday nights, we would after the football game, I did marching band. So I was like guard. So we would all go to uh, IHOP afterwards to the point that like the lady already knew that like we were dehydrated and we were like yes. so thirsty. So they would automatically bring like even my mom, because she was usually like one of the guard moms that have everybody. She would bring out like two Pepsis for my mom and for myself as soon as we got to the to IHOP. Like we hadn't even said anything 
ordered anything, but she knew what all just about all of us wanted. There was like 20 of us. Well, that's good. So Friday Night Football, let's go. Come back. Ah, there you go. I want to thank everybody for joining me this couple last two days, sitting in for Raymond, who was in my hometown of Chicago, eating actually pizza. He went to Giordano's for his deep dish pizza. I told him Lou Malnati's was the best, and he said, I'm going to go to Giordano's. But, so, I want to thank everybody, thank our guests. This is The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros.